0: I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. Weed Sun Tzu, the art of war. Every battle
1: is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. The most valuable commodity I know of is information.
0: Wouldn't you agree? i pump those numbers up, those are rookie numbers in this racket. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. The show goes on! It's Wednesday night and fantasy football is on the agenda. Grab a seat and let's get down to business. It's time for the fantasy boardroom. Here's your host, tycoon and welcome to the fantasy boardroom i am your host and fantasy eo tycoon very excited to bring you a very special episode this evening today we are going to go over some nfc east wide receivers and have a very special guest with me I have with me Billy Mustafa, Dynasty Bill of the Dial Up the Blitz podcast and a Fantasy in Frames. So with that, we're going to welcome him in. Billy, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, doing absolutely outstanding on a Wednesday. That's what we want to hear. And uh, thrilled to have you here. So I'm going to let everybody here know um, our friend Billy is joining us from the United Kingdom. It is what? Close to 2.30 a.m. his time, so once again, he is doing just an incredible favor for the boardroom. Can't thank you enough.
1: Yeah, no problem. A couple of coffees in, so I should
0: be all right. Whatever it takes. I mean, better than what they got to do in the NFL. At least we're not shoving a needle in you to keep you going. (laughs) Oh, Whoops, maybe I shouldn't say that if I want to go anywhere covering this league. (laughs) But yeah, we have Billy here today. We are going to cover the NFC Beast receivers. Um, It's a division that's just absolutely loaded with high-end wide receiver talent, um, rookies, veterans, young players alike. So there's a lot to discuss here, a lot to dissect here, a lot of varying opinion here. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to go over a bit of a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that are facing, I guess, the notable receivers on each team, uh, generally the top two of each team, and uh, decide where we want to go with these particular players for the upcoming season and take a little dynasty outlook as well so before we jump in uh anything you want to preface before we jump into the washington football team um
1: i mean apart from my undying love for scary terry nothing nothing apart from that but know that it's going to be a completely biased take i love that dude
0: he's got to be one of the most likable players in the league period i mean yeah Last week, went over some incoming rookies. One of the guys we talked about was Travis Etienne. My guest, Rum Boys Robbie, when discussing that, we kept veering back to James Robinson discussion, and I think Terry's kind of a similar mold as to why you root for him. James Robinson, undrafted underdog, you know, just a great story, a guy that's easy to root for, and while Terry obviously wasn't undrafted, I don't think many of us had huge hopes for him coming out of Ohio State, at least I don't think many saw a star
1: we yeah. saw a probably
0: better real life player than fantasy player in particular. So uh, it's it's so much fun to root for this guy.
1: Yeah, I think that's it exactly. I, I think anyone that watched him at Ohio State, they saw that the boy, like he had talent. You knew that he he was a baller, but you just wondered how much of an opportunity he'd get in the NFL and if he would be able to land somewhere that would give him a path to become the Terry McLaurin that we know now. Right. Um, you know, luckily for him he landed on a Washington team that needed some receiving talent and he was given given every opportunity to go and prove that he could be a one in this league and you know i'm glad i'm glad that, that was the case
0: he absolutely maximized that opportunity he was given just thank goodness for all of us <laughs> so just high level overview here of the Washington receiving situation so looking at it from a SWAT perspective so strengths obviously we have a couple of Talented, higher-profile guys, and Terry, and also Curtis Samuel, newest Curtis Samuel, yeah. strength, now may also be considered quarterback. You can view Fitzpatrick as an upgrade. That's We're going to get into that a little bit more later, but yeah. that is a subjective thing that many do view as an upgrade, um, or now a strength, at least for the receivers. Um, as far as weaknesses go, well, we can go back to Fitzpatrick. Others view him as a weakness, not necessarily an upgrade from previous years i think that's a little hard to argue but i think it's fair to not necessarily view him as a strength
1: yeah um, I, th- I think he's very feast or famine isn't he you know oh absolutely i mean
0: Fitch magic and Fitch tragic it's that's it, it goes exactly both that. ways.
1: yeah you know as a, as a bills fan i'm, I'm well aware <laughs> of, of what of, of both
0: sides of, of Fitz. oh yes some of the best and worst moments were in buffalo <laughs> yeah they were <laughs> but that's where most of us i think fell in love with the guy well, I did for sure. <laughs> and uh, as far as opportunities go, there's, I'd say, limited wide receiver skill on that roster still. I think it really does boil down to those top two. I mean, there's other again, guys that might be better in real life or fantasy or just maybe effective football players, but not maybe great, yeah, talented pass-catching receivers. So yeah. the opportunity is going to be there. Really, their competition is going to come from out of the backfield for these two guys as far as targets yeah, go. I,
1: I think the competition really is Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson. Oh, yeah. Um, after, after that, I, I just don't see any any real, you know, outside of an injury, a way that any other wide receiver on that team is fantasy relevant in, in 2021. You know, I think as, as the pass catchers go, it's it's Terry, it's Curtis Samuel, it's Logan Thomas, and I'm expecting Antonio Gibson to, to get... Maybe some some more of that McKissick uh, that he missed out on last year. You know, I'm expecting him to. Hopefully, you know, as a as a Gibson owner in a lot of leagues, I'm I'm hoping that Ron Rivera, Rivera gives him the, uh, the Christian McCaffrey role, but let's see.
0: Oh, uh, that's what we all hope. Yeah, he's Washington CMC, mm. and I mean, I think it's virtually a sure thing. He's going to absorb some of McKissick's target share. Now, how much do they keep McKissick involved though with Gibson? Obviously, he didn't really struggle in his rookie year, but dealt with getting a little banged up. So do they try and still keep somewhat of a decent split with McKissick so that way they don't run him into the ground? Um, or do they just unleash the horse? But that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as threats go to uh, the Washington football team, I would have to say, actually, I probably should have done a deeper dive into their schedule before this episode. But they do have, thankfully. Oh no, I take that back. They're a Washington football team, so they're the only team with a good defense in the division, so they're good to go. <laughs> um, I don't think there's a whole lot of threats. Again, it actually all to me comes back to Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah, I really think that's where this this team, from a fantasy perspective at least, are definitely gonna. You know, we're gonna have some weeks where. Where Terry and maybe even Curtis Samuel are going to be game winners, you know, or, or or game week winners. But there's going to be some weeks where Fitz throws three interceptions, can't get the ball to a to a guy in a in a, in a Washington jersey, and it's just a mess. But I think overall, based on on the whole season, we're going to see an upgrade um, in terms of fantasy production from the wide receivers because of Fitzpatrick compared to you know check it down Alex Smith last year.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to view it as going anywhere but up in terms of yeah. quarterback play. So even if we did, yeah, heck, five, six games of you know bad Fitzpatrick, that's still a massive improvement over what we were seeing in terms of what the fantasy numbers should look like. Yeah, for sure. And we know that Fitz at times likes to lock into his top target, so that does bode well for Terry. I think it's a little overstated when you dive into the numbers, but he clearly does tend to favor a wide receiver one on his team.
1: Yeah. And, and I think Terry's good enough to, to deal with that. I think he's good enough to, for, the off, uh, for the defense to know that he's the guy they're going to go into, still go to him and him to
0: still produce. I think Terry's good yeah. enough. Oh, more than good enough. Mm. And now, and I'm curious with Samuel's arrival now, while he's not obviously some big outside threat, you know, a little bit more of a a weapon, so to speak, and probably more uses out of the slot as a receiver. Still having another legitimate pass catching threat out there with him should hopefully open things up a little bit more for him. In addition to the improved QB play. Well, yeah, he's finally got some help. Yeah, first yeah, time. He's,
1: yeah, he's he's not had any help since he's been in Washington, and now you know they managed to draft a running back that looks like it looks like he's going to be a productive contributor. Uh, Logan Thomas seems to finally broken out as a tight end, as opposed to a quarterback playing tight end. And now they've gone and paid for a a, you know a a high end wide receiver too, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that offense with with Fitz on the center and these added weapons that they've
0: not had and Terry's not had to support him really. Yeah, so am I. So then, time to kind of put you on the spot with that. So in redraft and Terry, where about where would you have him pegged right now? Looking at 2021. I mean, uh,
1: I think he's going to be either just outside or just inside that wide receiver one. I think I could see him being wide receiver 12. I could see him being wide receiver 14, 15. I think he's going to be around there. I definitely think he's going to get an uptick with with Fitzpatrick. I, I, I would be confident taking him into a season as my wide receiver one. If I've gone, I'll be heavy early. I've got yeah. no issue with that. Um obviously it's a little bit different in Dynasty. You've got to take him a little bit earlier. But yeah, for, for redraft, I I could roll with with Scary Series, my wide receiver one if I've gone RB heavy early.
0: I'm not too far off from you. If I've pounded RB early, you know, maybe my first three picks, I'd be okay with Terry as my wide receiver one. Ideally, number two, I yeah. I, I mean, you know, we're kind of Getting a little nitpicky here, but I would probably have them closer to the 17 to 20 range for 2021. And that's nothing to do really with Terry. It's we just have an amazing gourd of receiving talent in this league. Some yeah. that also received improved situations. And from a redraft perspective, I just the ceiling is there for so many guys that it's hard for me to really squeeze them into the top 15. Now, mm. as a qualifier, though, I think you know the difference between twelve and twenty-four is going to be pretty minute. You know, two, three points a game, maybe. So we're not yeah. talking about a massive difference. And if he does end up as a wide receiver, one on your team, you will be fine. But it, I would target to try to make him your two, if possible. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you can, if you can can get scary series or wide receiver two and and a guy, you know, like a Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs or wide receiver one, as well as a, a decent decent sort of running back tandem, then you're really you're really cooking with gas.
0: Oh, 100 percent. And dynasty wise, like I, you already alluded to, probably take him a little bit earlier than you wouldn't redraft. I would do mm. the same. I probably have him dynasty wise ranked around your redraft here and say, right at the end of the wr one tier so 11 12 13 somewhere in there
1: yeah i'm, I'm pretty similar with dynasty um I, i've definitely got him as a wide receiver one maybe a little bit higher than you um I, you know i did i did preface this by saying that i'm really high on on scary Terry. trying to get him trying to get him everywhere trying to trying to get him in all the leagues that i haven't already um i think in dynasty for me he's maybe maybe a top 10 wide receiver he's a guy I, I'm i'm targeting hard he's a guy i really want You know, I think Fitz helps in this year, but I also think this is a team that are going to be looking to upgrade that quarterback position. They've kind of built, they've got a really good defense. They're building the pieces around the offense. Realistically, they're probably a a good quarterback away from from being real contenders. And I think I'd like to be able to get Scary Terry at his price now as opposed to his price when they do get their signal caller of the future.
0: That's hard to argue logic. Um, and now it, And on the flip side That's actually what gives me the hesitation And doesn't bump him into the top 10 I think talent wise And other factors, youth included uh, He is a top 10 guy I don't know that I have faith In the Washington football team An organization run by Dan Snyder To figure it yeah. out He's had How long is he on the team? 20-ish years There's Plenty of time yeah. to figure it out We still haven't seen it So I guess it's one of those I will believe it when I see it so I it gives me just that just that little bit of I don't know.
1: He's gotta be one of the only fantasy players or dynasty players that you're 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 maybe a little bit apprehensive of because of his owner. Oh. In that's... terms of the guy that owns the franchise, not the coach, not the quarterback. No.
0: Yeah, you have to go all the way to the
1: top. <laughs> all the way to the top. And to be fair, you know, you can't really argue Dan Snyder doesn't really know what he's doing, does so He's a bit of a mess. But
0: oh well it's beyond even not knowing what he's doing i mean he's actively dysfunctional yeah (laughs) it's it's beyond just being again another topic for another day (laughs) another day yeah but he definitely (laughs) he he is worried so as far so moving on from terry for a minute we'll go to curtis samuel so as far as he goes this time i'll lead so as far as redraft goes i do like him essentially as a a matchup specific play is probably yeah. how it would deploy. him most of the time, also depending on how many receivers you do need to deploy in your given league. Um, who have a lot more usage in a three receiver league than a two receiver league, but I, and I'd probably put him right there around the edge of that top 36. So I do think it's going to be like many receivers in that range, really booms and busts. Um, you just have to be able to pick your spots, but I do think he's going to have a good number of weeks that uh, he'll put up a very valuable performance. Um, definitely top 36 regularly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's a mid-level wide receiver three, potentially
1: a high-level wide receiver three, depending on how efficient that Washington offense is. I kind of worry about the, the target share that Gibson's going to get um I, I think if that's going to hurt anyone it, it was going to hurt samuel's production more than it's going to hurt terry's uh, yeah totally um agree. but i you know i mean I, I i had a lot of samuel last year i saw i looked at it and i said well robbie anderson dj moore them guys are going to get all of the defenses his attention and and little curtis samuel's going to get forgotten about and and that kind of happened <laughs> in yeah a few that's games. exactly what happened um but i think It's hard to repeat that two years in a row. It's hard to repeat that on a new team. You know, wide receivers going to going to new teams don't often succeed straight away. I know last year was a bit of an outlier with with DeAndre Hopkins and and Stefan Diggs, but you know, Samuel's not not that level. He's not he's not a wide receiver one. So you make the Um, argument
0: those guys are outliers as players, period. So exactly.
1: Like they they can go anywhere and and ball out. I don't think Samuel is that level of talent. Nope. But I also like the fact he's back with Ron Rivera. And, yep. I, and I, like I said, I like what Washington have got going on there. So yeah, for me, mid-level wide receiver three, definitely valuable in a, in a three wide receiver league. Or even if you've got a couple of flex spots and, you know, like you said, yeah. match-up specific when he's playing the Dallas Cowboys and that awful defense,
0: <laughs> sticking five yeah, on the flex
1: and that's it. Exactly.
0: I can't get him in there fast enough twice against Dallas. <laughs> exactly, that's, that's one of the reasons... I feel like you do have a couple of those games where you can absolutely slot them in mm. the giants or Eagles are probably, I mean, really any division game. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Any division, division game. as far as fantasy goes. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, we've kind of reached the end of relevancy for Washington receivers. So with that, we're going to move on to one of the other pathetic NFC East teams that we brought up in the New York giants and they have a new shiny toy in Kenny Galladay, a guy who I'm noticing has been a bit polarizing lately in the fantasy community, um, and a guy I've actually started to change my mind about a little bit. But first, would like to get your thoughts here on the addition of Kenny Galladay to the Giants. I think it's what they needed. I
1: think you know they've invested. A high round, you know, a high first round draft pick in Daniel Jones. Now is the time where you go, okay, we need to make a decision on him. And the best way to do that is, okay, you now there's no excuses. You've got a wide receiver one. You we've gone and got you a shiny new toy in the draft. You've got a couple of tight ends. You've got one of the best running backs in football. Now is you know I think Galladay is going to depend on what we see from Daniel Jones. Right, you know, it, it, if Daniel Jones can turn into a guy that's worthy of the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft, then what? You know, if you've got Goladay, you're laughing. But I'm not completely sure that happens, and I think it's more likely that we see Goladay sort of forward to deceive and just not. I think I think we've I think maybe we've seen the best of Kenny Golladay being the primary target in Detroit with Matt Stafford. And now he's he's the man in New York with a lesser quarterback. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say they're a lesser team than Detroit, but they're probably in the same ballpark. Yeah, I, I just wonder if we've already seen the best of Kenny
0: Galladay. Maybe. So at the beginning of the off season, uh, even at the time of the signing of this contract, I would have argued you very much. Um, been a big Galladay defender. But as time has gone on and I've learned more information, had to take myself out of that take lock, and I tend to agree with you. I think, unfortunately, there is a very good chance we have seen the best of Kenny Galladay already. That's not to say he will be bad, but it is to say that we should definitely temper expectations despite the fact that he is now the highly paid wide receiver, one of what should be a pretty good volume offense. Largely due to the re- some of the reasons you already mentioned, Daniel Jones is still a bit of a question mark, so we'd have mm. to see market improvement from him. Um, they have, well, better weapons on this offense than really he had to compete with against in Detroit. Saquon Barkley is far and away the best player he's ever played with, you know, non-quarterback-wise. Yeah. Um, they drafted a first-round receiver in Tony. Now, while I'm not necessarily big on him, obviously the team is if they invested a first-round pick. Um, Evan Ingram's still there. They brought in Kyle Rudolph, which I know not a big deal, but still another red zone type target. Yeah. So you can thing play a role in limiting him.
1: Yeah, and Kenny is a big body wide receiver, so you kinda of go, Okay, well maybe we're gonna get that red zone Fingers, touchdown yeah. upside. Well, now they've got Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram, so and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's not gonna be happy <laughs> if the ball's taken out of his hands in the red zone.
0: No. Uh, and nor should just, it be.
1: Exactly. And there's just a lot, you know, like you said, you hit the nail on the head perfectly. There's a lot more talent around him now outside of the quarterback position than there was in Detroit. There's a much lesser talent at the quarterback position than there was in Detroit. Right. It, it just, you know, I, I picked in my home league. I managed to pick Kenny Galladay up last year when he was going through the injury problems. I gave, I think, James Robinson and a, and a Hayden Hurst thinking, you know, Robinson's going to be a one year wonder. dark going to come back to fit next year. Didn't expect him to end up on the Giants. Now he has. <laughs> Initially, I was okay with it. Now I'm trying to shop him.
0: Same. I. That's exactly. When he my in one of my main leagues that I was not going to contend, so was trying to make some moves. I picked up some injured players. Saquon, one of them. Kenny Galladay, the other. Um, I was able to get him at a good price due to the injury from a contending team. Very. I mean, thought it was going to be a steal coming into this year. Was excited upon the Giant signing and now, well, I am grateful that he is the third or fourth receiver on my team, Yeah, and I don't have to rely on him more than that. And everybody seems to be in that same mindset, so I'm having a hard time unloading him.
1: Yeah, that's and that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, if I was going to unload him, I probably should have done it when he first moved to the Giants and everyone was yeah. excited about it. I think now everyone's had time to sort of take a look at it and think about it a bit more. We're all in the same boat.
0: And. I cannot find it for the life of me. I've been trying to look as we've been talking, but there was a thread on Twitter earlier, or I'd say late last week. uh, And I apologize to whoever you are for not being able to give you credit, but they kind of took a little deeper look at some of Galladay's numbers and really outside of that half seat or his WR9 season, um, only half of it with Stafford, there really hasn't been a lot there and Mm. compared those numbers against the first couple of years of Daniel Jones. And even baked in a 25% production improvement from Daniel Jones, along with Galladay's historic efficiency metrics. his 21% target share, et cetera, extrapolated it all out. And even with that, we're looking at a low-end WR2 season at best with Galladay. Yeah. That's with notable improvement from Jones. So yeah. they're, it's really hard to get too excited. I hate to say it totally turned my mind around on him and unless I'm drafting him you know in the WR 30 something range I'm probably staying away in redraft and and a dynasty
1: yeah it's one of them I was pretty similar to yourself I was excited about it I was excited about getting him as a ninja player I was excited when he first went to the Giants and now I just look at it and go I just don't see how it gets like he's he's not going to be a wide receiver one it's just not I don't see no. that as being being attainable for him
0: there doesn't um, seem to be a path. No.
1: Yeah, you know, unless Daniel Jones takes on a massive, massive leap and, and Kenny Golladay plays the best football that he's played his whole career. But this is a guy coming off injuries. Right. Um, you know, they don't tend to get better as players get further into their NFL career. They tend to get worse. So, yeah, I'm not not, not completely sold on Kenny Golladay. I guess we'll, we'll just see what happens. But if you offered me a, a wide receiver two season from him, I'd, I'd probably take it right now, to be honest. <laughs>
0: I'd be thrilled with a wide receiver. Yeah, i would take
1: play. it. I'm just really worried he's going to play five games and that's it. There's going to be no more Kenny Golliday.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, sadly. Uh, I wish I had kept, or I wish I had not made that deal in mm. my Dynasty League, but uh, here we are. So that's it for Mr. Kenny G. And so we're going to take a look at. His new teammate, Mr. Kadarius Tony. I viewed him as a bit of a reach there in the first round. Uh, And I know you weren't. Not a fan of them. Essentially trading down away from Devontae Smith and thus ending up with Tony. Uh, That's a massive, massive drop. That's a huge drop. (laughs) And while Tony's a great athlete, I mean, he's definitely got some electric abilities. I'm just not sure about him as a complete football player and how that's going to fit in the nfl and specifically into the giants scheme i'm curious as to your thoughts on tony
1: no i I think it's pretty similar to yourself especially like tony i I think is a a good player you know from what i saw at florida um i watch him quite quite closely in some of the senior ball practices and you know the guy can the guy can play the position but he I, I, i worry that he's more of an athlete playing wide receiver right than an actual wide receiver. I, find, I found it really interesting that, you know, it looked like Urban Meyer wanted him over Travis Etienne. Um that, That's the rumour that came out after the draft, that Urban Meyer really <laughs> wanted Tony and, and the Giants. The Giants snagged him. I didn't think there would be a, you know, a, a team upset that Tony wasn't there right. in the mid um, 20s. Yeah, it's just craziness. Now, the, I mean... It, ball in hand he's a dangerous player he can be a yak Great. monster but how much is, how no look who's the offensive coordinator in new york i don't have any confidence in in jason Garrett. i, I just don't
0: no i don't have right.
1: confidence yeah I, I think he's if we're going to see tony it's going to be used more as a stunt to get somebody else open to to take yeah. you know make the defense go oh what's tony doing over there oh Oh, you know what? It was all just smoke and mirrors, and they've thrown it four yards to Barkley out, you know, out of the backfield. Great, because this is a Jason Garrett offense. This is a uh, mediocre at best quarterback. This isn't a good football team. It is, at least it's not a good offense, in my opinion. No, no. Um, and I just wonder if Tony's going to have much or, or any fantasy relevance, especially in 2021. I just, I think it might take him maybe a, a couple of years at least to find what he can do at the NFL level before we start worrying about plugging him in as a starter week in, week out in our fantasy teams.
0: I'm not even sure if we ever get to the point where he's a weekly starter, but I do think, yeah. you know, it's definitely gonna be a year before we determine whether or not, you know, we keep him on the bench for buy as another flex et cetera. So yeah. it's it's a guy I'm even if he does have again Real talent, you know, yet another guy in the bucket of better real-life player than fantasy player.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's going to be an offensive weapon that's, that the, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say casual fans because, like, you know, we're all casual fans to, to somebody that knows a lot more and studies the game a lot harder. But yeah. in terms of he's going to be a guy that when you look at the box score, you're going to go, well, Tony's not done anything. And when you watch the game, you go, well, look, look how they utilize him to make a defense react to then do something off of that. I think he he could be that player, one of the guys that gets uh, sort of underrated and underappreciated because his box score isn't great. But when you actually watch the tape and see what he does and see how that makes the defense react, so then open X, Y, and Z up, you go, okay, I can see why he why he's playing week in week out, playing snap after snap, but that yeah. doesn't that doesn't equal fantasy points, unfortunately.
0: Nope. Yeah, I unless, think he'll see unless a lot of Scott
1: Fishbowl's gonna open some crazy crazy like seven-point metric for getting your mate open.
0: Scott gets creative, you never know.
1: Yeah, he does get creative, so that would be interesting. See if you can work that one out.
0: See if I can put in the word. I don't know if I have the connection, but I might know people that do. <laughs> and I do think you'll you'll get the occasional splash, but you'll see the occasional 15 or 20-point week. He'll he'll take a screen yeah. from the eight-yard line to the house and You'll get there, And when later. he does
1: that, trade him.
0: <laughs> yes, immediately. When he does that, somebody
1: gets excited, trade him and go and get a first. Go and get a late first because someone thinks this is Odell Beckham Jr. 2.0 because mm-hmm. it's not. He's, he's not got the offense. He's not got the creative mind. I don't think he's, he's a good enough wide receiver. He might be a good enough athlete. I don't think he's a good enough wide receiver. Doesn't. I don't think he plays the position as nuanced as... as guys that you want to be starting week in week out so when you do get that big splash play and, and he, he houses one off off a jet sweep or off a, a five yard slant from daniel jones then trade him don't think that that's going to happen week in week out because i highly yeah. doubt it
0: no he didn't just figure it out this isn't the breakout exactly so i think that pretty much covers where we're at i think we're we're pretty down on both guys in both redraft and dynasty and probably in the giants really as a whole. Uh, yeah, you know, we're not really getting into them, but that's just not a situation I'm looking to be too involved in now or in the near future.
1: Yeah. It's not one of you know, Washington's spoken about Washington who are what, you know, I want shares of Terry. I want shares of Gibson. Uh, I want, you know, even Curtis Samuel to some extent, and then we go to the giants and I'm kind of out on Galladay. I'm out on Tony. I'm out on Jones. I'm still a little bit worried about Barkley's injury. It's just not something I want to touch, especially uh, for the 2021 season. I'd rather I'd rather see how it pans out, and then if I have to pay that bit extra because I've made a mistake, then I'd rather that than take the risk
0: now. In this case, yes. I think the added cost of what you might need to use in order to attain some pieces of that situation if they become attractive is a, a lot smaller of a cost than what you might have, you know... Yeah, given exactly. to be a part of that today. Mm. So now we're going to jump into what I'd say is probably a big part of the highlight of the show. And we're going to jump into the Philadelphia receivers. We're going to start with your boy Slim Reaper, Devonte Smith, Heisman winner and the newest star of the Philadelphia Eagles. So we know that you have just dropped a new article yesterday. You are uh, what do you guys call him? The fantasy call Four-eyed Rookie Highlights. Four-eyed. Uh, highlight? uh, 4 Rookie. Right, snapshot. Rookie Snapshot. That's what rookie it is. Snapshot. A snapshot. Close
1: enough. Devonta Smith. Yeah, you know, for me, I know we've spoken about this before previously. He's my rookie, 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 rookie <laughs> wide receiver one. He's not in Star Wars. He's my rookie wide receiver one. I just don't, I don't understand how he's being faded. I don't understand how he's falling to the back end of Superflex drafts. I just don't get it. Like, put the tape on. That's all you've got to do. You Just put the tape on and tell me that that is not a complete receiver. That is not a wide receiver one in the NFL. Size be damned. Well,
0: I think that's exactly it. I think a lot of the guys that are the most down on Smith anyways are the analytics guys that don't watch a lot of film, rely really on a lot of previous metrics and indicators for future success. And, They don't tend to bet on outliers. So, and if you do believe in Devontae Smith, that's exactly what he is. An outlier, he's the outlier. Yeah. So, I tend to lean a little more in your corner. I'm a fan. I don't view him as the rookie wide receiver one. You know, I'm in the the boring, bland chase camp. But, (laughs) uh, that said, not fading him. I think clearly the Rookie wide receiver two in mm. no matter how you look at it, redraft dynasty. Um certainly a guy I want as much of as I can. So now what sets him apart for you though? Why why do you view him as the rookie wide receiver one versus the guy who's being hyped as potentially generational in Chase?
1: Yeah, so I mean, for me, uh, I think I think Jamar Chase is an outside only wide receiver. Now he's a he's a Big body, maybe not as big bodies as we initially thought, but he's a he's a big bodied outside bully, is what he is. He's a deep threat. He's gonna he's gonna pressure pressure number one corner, dominating physically and score bombs. That's that's great at college. That that works when you're so much better than everybody else. When you're when the corner opposite you is a, a lawyer now or a banker, <laughs> like that's great. Well. Yeah. Go and do that to, to Tredavious White. Go and do that to Marcus Peters. Plus, he's in an offer You know, we all knew he was going to Cincinnati realistically. We knew that that yeah. Joe Burrow was going to get his guy. Look at who he's competing with. He's competing with T. Higgins, who's a stud. He's competing with um uh who's the who's the third receiver? Tyler Boyd. Boyd. He's he's yeah. competing with Tyler Boyd, who you know, Tyler Boyd's gonna get his. You know, Absolutely. likely. Likely predominantly playing out of the slot and you're going to have T and, and Chase outside. You know, Joe Mixon, is he just going to forever f- flatter to deceive as a, as a running back one or are they finally going to start giving him some touches? Are they finally going to start allowing him to do some more out of the backfield? The offensive line isn't great. They didn't really address it like they should have. Like they should have. They so I, I see an outside only receiver. So PPR leagues for a start, now, I don't expect him to be a 10, 12 target guy. I don't think this is a guy that's going to bring in 12 balls every game, 10 balls every game. Uh, Jamar Chase, for me, has probably got T D upside. Now I'm a lot lower on Jamar Chase than everybody else, apparently. But you compare that to Devonta Smith, who can line up everywhere. You know, I don't know if you if you've read my article and you look at I have look to... at how he was targeted at Alabama. He lined up everywhere. He caught the everywhere. ball everywhere. He attacked every single depth of the field. He's, he's dangerous everywhere. He's gone to a team that he's got some familiarity with the quarterback. Who else is taking targets from him? Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham. None from of these the... guys matter. None of these guys are any good. Ward and Morgan, we're not going to remember their name in two seasons. Rager's going to be like, "Oh yeah, do you remember that guy they took before Justin Jefferson?" That's stupid. <laughs> but this is not for me, and I only play PPR. I play full PPR Dynasty football. That's my game. It, it's, how is Devonta Smith not the wide receiver one? I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I just don't. You know, for me, it's. People say, "Oh, Jamar Chase." Everybody says Jamar Chase. You, you tell me why. I'm like, well, you tell me why Jamar Chase is going to score more points in PPR formats than Devonta Smith. You know, you. I know the guy's undersized, but watch the tape. Never you what know, the man's catching balls in the slot. He's getting absolutely annihilated and bouncing straight back up. He's not. He's he's small, but he's not weak. He's not. Right. He doesn't look worried about. Contact. He doesn't worry about being here. No, he
0: doesn't shy away.
1: No, not at all. Like just the boy. I'm I mean, he, he I'm can make in. every
0: play, make every catch. He can, he, he can do it all.
1: Um, well, I found one of the most interesting things was PFF's contested catch grades on Devonta Smith and and Jamar Chase. They're the same. Ninety. 90- a 9.0 plus PFF rating in contested catches. Both of them hauled in 49 of the of the contested catch targets, and one of them's this bully boy outside wide receiver, and the other one's too small to play in the NFL. I don't, I, I don't get it. I just don't, I don't know how the narrative got this far away from reality.
0: He was picked what 10, 11 by Philadelphia, so I mean, clearly the NFL didn't fade him either um yeah take know, that over
1: i've got it on pretty good authority that that the eagles dropped the giants because the giants were taking him at 11
0: oh yeah absolutely there was no
1: way he was getting past the giants at 11 no way you know that's why this
0: that's part of why i hate the move for tony so much because they effectively traded smith for tony and you know a third or whatever the hell else they picked up in that deal and that's just <laughs> the, the disparity there is outrageous
1: yeah, I mean, it's a great move from from the Eagles going up and yeah. getting a guy they needed a wide receiver. They went and got for me the best one in the draft. You know, the number the numbers match the film, and it's kind of just I just feel people just going, "He's too small. He's he's too small." I don't care what the film says. I don't care what the PFF numbers say. I don't I don't care about the the mentality. I don't care about the mindset. I don't care about anything. He's just too small. I think I think you're wrong. Not you, but people that say it's too small. Yeah. I think you're wrong. I think I, I think he's going to be one of the top wide receivers in the NFL in the next couple of years. I genuinely believe that. You know, you, you only got to watch his. his he's even if you don't watch tape, just put the highlights on from this season and yeah. tell me <laughs> that the play the plays that any wide receiver that isn't elite isn't making them plays.
0: Just throw up, what, the 22 touchdowns he had? I think that's all you need to do. Just throw yeah, on that was, reel.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Oh.
0: See, you know, my... Oh, no. Good.
1: I, you know, I was just going to bring up the TDs. Philadelphia Eagles' wide receiver core as a whole scored 14 TDs last year. <laughs> <That's> pathetic. <laughs> it's it's that's pathetic. pathetic. It's, it's nobody on that team... That plays wide receiver. Well, I'm sure we're gonna get into Dallas Goddard in a in a bit. But no wide receiver on that team is taking the ball away from Devonta Smith. He can line up everywhere. He's played with his quarterback before. They traded up inside the top ten to go and get him. He's got everything you need to go. That is a fantasy stud. But I just see guys just not interested. Fall into fall into one twelve. I've seen him fall into the early second round. I couldn't believe it.
0: That that's ridiculous. Oh. If you have another guy, maybe you like better another position. I went, wow. I, I I can't justify in a super flex rookie draft anything lower than probably 7th or 8th, maybe i
1: I've, I've seen Michael Carter go ahead of him. Michael Carter go in the first round, but Smith
0: drop into the second
1: round. And I, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to just cuss the guy out, leave the league because they don't know what they're doing. I didn't know what to do. I was just in shock.
0: What you do is you wait a year and you just enjoy the guy's story when he reflects on the pain, much like all of us <laughs> that drafted Nikhil Harry at one hundred and one or one hundred and two, a couple of years ago. Oof. It still still eats at me. Oh, I bet that's raw that still. It's it's a bad one. So yeah. I think you're gonna. Yeah, anybody <laughs> passing on Devontae Smith for Michael Carter is going to be in my same position, and it sucks. Yeah, I just and, I couldn't believe it when I saw that, but yeah. So back to Smith. And well, you mentioned we'd get into Goddard here in a second. And that kind of relates to where I'm going with this. My, as far as why I'd have him behind Chase in Dynasty currently, and even for 2021. Well, first go back to Chase for a second. I don't view T as as big of a – T Higgins is as much of a stud as many do. I'm actually a little – I'm probably one of the lower people on T Higgins. Um, I sound think like he's a good player, but I don't view him as some budding star like everybody else does. I view him as a guy who's just going to be a very solid, very good NFL player, but he is very quickly going to be supplanted by Chase as far as I look at it. And I do think even if they're both heavily involved, um, I'm also pretty down on Mixon compared to many. So I think the passing volume is going to be there. I don't, I don't think it's unrealistic to think Burrow is going to average 45 pass attempts a game, to be quite honest. So, and as far as Philadelphia goes, yes, there's the Goddard factor. There's no receiver to worry about, but I do think Goddard's a well above average tight end, and I'm also not very sold on Jalen Hurts. I mean, his completion percentage is easy to point to. There, are, There is a little more context you need to dive into, but he does need some work there. And given just the overall lack of offensive weapons, his limited experience coming in, what I have viewed to be an overrated real life performance from him over <clears throat> excuse me those final few weeks, you know, good fantasy performances, but as far as reality goes, not so great. and I don't know if that's really sustainable to support great fantasy efforts from his wide receiving core, specifically Smith. So that's more where my concern is. And I admittedly don't know much about their new coach, so we'll see how he runs this team. But right now, as I look at the offense and the team situation, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of hurts and Sanders. And I mean, yeah. obviously Smith will be the most targeted pass catcher, but I'm not sure what that means in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I do get the you know the trepidation with. With hurts i'm not a fan of hurts either i i don't i don't see a way that he's the starting quarterback for the eagles in 2022 i just don't see how that happens Of all the draft cap all they've got he's gonna have to have a lamar jackson season and he's not that guy it's not it's not gonna happen um but you know and it, for me it comes back to, to Smith's ability to line up everywhere you know i think he's he's gonna be like you said the most targeted receiver on that team. How many targets is the tight end gonna get realistically? You know I expect most defenses to say, okay, you're the fellow, you're the Philadelphia Eagles. <coughs> Excuse me. We know what you want to do. We know you want to throw the ball to the tight end. That's all you have wanted to do since two years before you won the Super Bowl. It was just throw the ball to Zach Earth. Well, oh, now we got now we drafted Dallas Goddard. throw the ball to him too. Take that away. Then what do you have to do? You have to contain the run because Jalen Hurts, if if you give him a lane, he's going to take it because that's a lot easier for him than throwing the football. So once you've taken away the the big outside receiver, which is for, for the Eagles is Dallas Goddard, he plays that role. Once you take away the run game, what's left? Donovan Smith. You're just going to line the guy up wherever it's easiest for Jalen Hurts to get him the ball. And I expect Jalen Hurts to get him the ball. Now, can Jane Hurts do that? I, I, I think so. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Miles Sanders. I don't see, no. I don't see how Miles Sanders is gonna hurt hurt teams running the ball. I don't see how he's gonna be a dangerous pass catcher. I don't, I don't think that's what they're gonna do. You know, what's the <laughs> likelihood of Jane Hurts throwing a three-yard pass to Miles Sanders where he's just gonna run it himself? if that's the case. So I think that short passing game is is not going to be, you know, it's not going to exist much in Philly. That's a good point. I just expect Jane Hurts to run the ball, throw it deep, which we know Devonta Smith can, you know, he had the most deep targets and most deep touchdowns in college football last year. So we know he's got that in his game. Yep. And if, he, if he's not going to throw it deep, he's just going to look for his, his favourite weapon and his blanket. And whilst that might start the season as Dallas got it, does it end the season as Dallas Goddard or does it end the season as Devonta Smith? My money's on it ends the season as his best pass catcher. And then, you know, if you pick them up in Dynasty, what have the Eagles got? Three first round picks next year? Yeah. If they want, if they haven't got the number one overall pick and they want it, they're going to go and get it. If, if they believe that one of these quarterbacks are coming out this year is the guy, that's the guy they want. That is the, the heir apparent to Carson Wentz. They've got the ammunition to go and get them. And then all of a sudden, sudden Devonta Smith has gone and got himself a decent quarterback. So, I mean, I'm high on Smith for redraft. I'm high on Smith for dynasty. I'm ridiculously high on Smith more than anybody else I know in this this industry, if you want to call it that. But I, I just don't see how he's not a target hog and how he doesn't improve year on year once the Eagles get rid of Hurts and get a quarterback in. Instead
0: of a running back throwing the ball. I'll say I have a hell of a lot more faith that they'll do it than Washington will. So as far <laughs> as projecting the dynasty outlook, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to be you know, like in some humble pie, but I don't see it. I just I just think Smith's too good to bust. I think he's too, he's too good to bust. He's going to make any, he's going to make any, situation and circumstance fit him and he's he's going to make it work because he's that talented and because he has that ability that you can't take him away by, by saying, okay, we know where he's going to line up. We know what he's going to do. We're going to take him away because you can't. If you line him up all over the place, eventually they're going to find a mismatch. And when they find a mismatch, it's over until you plug it. He just thought he he's a... He's just a chess piece. He's an elite chess piece, in my opinion. And there's not many of them in the NFL.
0: Oh, you're right. You're causing me to rethink this a little bit more. (laughs) I'm still not sure I put him above Chase yet, but I think I need to take another like, real deep look at Devontae.
1: Uh... My my hot take is Jamal Chase is just going to be Mike Williams. Ooh. He, he's just going to be Mike Williams. That's what he's going to be.
0: That stings because I was also super high on Mike Williams. I thought so, Mike so Williams was, was going to be a superstar. <laughs> so, so was oh.
1: I, I was so confident. I still haven't
0: Mike given up hope either. I was so
1: confident he was going to be a superstar. I, <laughs> tweeted, I tweeted in that draft cycle saying that whoever takes the Sean Watson better draft Mike Williams as well because that's the only reason he's going as high as he's going. And now I look silly. But I own it. I said it. I thought it. I thought Mike Williams was was going to be the guy. And he just that's can't what stay I healthy.
0: I don't think anybody thinks Mike Williams sucks. He just can't play. He doesn't. He, he can't doesn't play.
1: suck. Yeah, but he's very limited to what he can do. He's that's a bully true. boy, outside, physically dominant wide receiver. And I think that's what what Jamar Chase is going to end up being. And you know, it might work for him because Joe Burrow just goes, "That's my guy," and I'm throwing in the ball no matter what. But I mean, again, I, I'm really high on T. Higgins. I really like T. Higgins. Something with these big body Clemson receivers that just drives me wild. Apparently,
0: but they're irresistible. I, I think that's part of the reason I kind of gravitated toward Clemson a few years ago. I mean, even Hopkins. Which, I mean, yeah, they, I mean,
1: I've had some receivers. I've had some receivers. Clemson. Sammy Watkins Oof. broke my heart. Sammy Watkins broke yeah. my
0: heart. Let's not talk about it. Every every time one of these guys comes in, though, I'm I tend to be in on them, and. Mm. Mentioned we were talking about Travis Etienne last week. Extremely high on Etienne. Just my Clemson boys. What can I say? Can't help myself. So back to the Eagles, though. So that's where we're at on Smith. Please read Billy's article. Get a little more information. I actually want to take this deeper now. And so I've got a little bit of homework to do after this. And so continuing on with Philadelphia, I think we kind of covered it in the Devontae Smith discussion. Jalen Rieger stinks. We're out we're just well out all the way way out why even waste the time i'm taking him off the show sheet all the way out all the way out and then yeah to kind of close it out i mentioned i'm pretty high on goddard as far as tight ends go i mean i tend to be a top three or nothing type person when it comes to viewing tight ends but as far as that middle tier goes i think he's at least as far as redraft goes he's right there with uh, a hawkinson or um, somebody of that degree, or yeah, pretty close.
1: Uh, I think if he can stay, if he can stay fit, if he can stay healthy this year for redraft, I expect him to have a, have a shot of being a top five tight end, which is nothing to sniff at. You know, if you can get a top five yeah. tight end, the drop off is huge. Um, but you know, is he going to be again for redraft? I'm more of a dynasty player, as you know. How long? Even if he's a top five tight end this year, he might get that value spike where you, you know if you would have waited a year you could have traded him for a bit more how long is he going to be a, a top five top seven top eight tight end for i don't know i'm not i am not i am not too sure i mean i gave up as so i back getting back to my league, getting back to the bonner smith i gave up dallas goddard and a 2022 first to trade back into the end of the first round and pick up the bonner smith
0: that's a good deal i think i so. like that i, I like thought
1: it. so I thought so, you know, in my tight ends are Travis Kelsey and Cole Pitts, so I was happy.
0: Even – yeah, no-brainer then. No-brainer. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind Dallas Goddard. I'm a fan of the player. Am I, Am I, like, easy, a must-buy, easy, a must-keep, um, whatever.
0: No, actually, I mean. now that you've brought it up, I as I am pretty high on him for 2021, I'd probably look to move him after this year or yeah. even – late in the year after he's had a good string of weeks, not just after the one boom week. Let him get, yeah. you know, three or four really strong performances over a six week stretch and boom. Yeah. Ship him and off. that might be the best play for
1: Dallas Goddard. Let him, like you say, yeah. let him finish this year as a top six tight to end, selling for max value before he drops off. It's
0: Probably exactly the what smart
1: I mean. play. Probably the smart
0: play. Now we're gonna move on to the self proclaimed America's team. Dallas Cowboys, I know you're not over here in America, so I just want to speak for all of us that are not Dallas Cowboys fans. They are, in fact, not America's team. They never will be America's team. A hell of a lot more than Dallas is. I can get behind (laughs) But anytime I have a chance to throw some Cowboy shade, I'm going to do it. Yeah, of course. So we'll jump in now. They probably are the highest profile team of this group, I'll begrudgingly admit. I can't just ignore facts, but, and we also have probably two of the bigger names in the receiving position in this division as well. Certainly one of the most hyped players in Dynasty that I've seen over the last few years, really, since I've started, you know, in this format. So we'll jump in though into a guy that seems perpetually 25 years old in Amari Cooper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the guy, we've seen some crazy home road splits over the years uh, with him, especially since coming into Dallas. He's been Mm -hmm. much more productive at home. Um, We've seen some various injury years, a lot of extreme talent that he clearly has, but a lot of inconsistency for various reasons. And then last year, they, while Dallas as a team was an absolute train wreck, Dak and Amari were The roof. I want to say Amari was the wide receiver two overall during that first four week stretch, Mm -hmm. Uh, virtually unstoppable as they were climbing back from 30 point deficits every game. (laughs) And so when we see Dak in the McCarthy offense with that poor defense, which really hasn't gotten any better, chucking it out, it clearly is providing a great path. To volume and production for Cooper, and it seemed to work both on the road and at home. Unlike just at home, like we've seen during a lot of his Dallas tenure, so mm. I think it provides a level of optimism, but also uncertainty going into 2021. And well, we'll approach the second part of this question after. So, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on Cooper in the short term?
1: Oh, Cooper for 2021 in redraft, stud for me, stud. If that if that if that could have stayed healthy all year, we're probably looking at a top five wide receiver. There's yeah. that, like you say, that that defense hasn't got any better. They've added Michael Parsons. Okay, you've added a linebacker, fantastic. You know, linebacker wasn't wasn't a
0: super strength,
1: but it wasn't a massive issue. No. The, the bigger issue was on the back end because you can't cover anybody.
0: Nope. Secondary is a mess.
1: It, oh, it's awful. It might as well be Atlanta's. It's awful. they are not going to cover anybody. We've already spoke about some of the wide receivers in this in this division alone that they're going to have to deal with. They're going to be trying to win games. You know, I don't. Whilst I don't expect the defense to be good, I don't expect it to be as you know almost historically bad as it was to start last yeah, year. True. You know, I don't expect them having to dig themselves out of 30, 35 point holes. But they they're not going to be beating teams eighteen to seven. You know, they're going to be winning games thirty-five right. to thirty. Thirty-eight to thirty-two, that sort of crap. They're going to be conceding a lot of points. They're going to be scoring a lot of points, and that just bodes well for Amari Cooper because he, he and Dak have got have got great great chemistry. You know, he he is to be the wide receiver one on that Dallas Cowboys team with, with the offensive talent they've got for redraft. Is is all in. It's it's a stud. All you, you just need you just need guys to stay healthy. If everybody stays healthy. You've probably gone and got, definitely got a wide receiver one in my opinion, but you might have a top, top top-end wide receiver
0: one. I certainly agree that he's in line to be a wide receiver one. Given health, it's hard to project otherwise for Cooper in my opinion, so I'm right there with you. Um, I don't know that the ceiling is necessarily there for that top five finish compared to some of the setups a couple of other elite guys have and some of the competition that cooper faces within his own offense now the volume might be there to be able to offset the fact that he you know he's playing with so many other great players on that team but i think that leaves enough of a question mark that i think it would really take a lot of things to go right for him to reach that you know top five ceiling um i guess yeah so i guess i'd say it's there but i i'd say it's unlikely to attain
1: yeah, I, I get the trepidation. I get the trepidation. You look at the offense; you see Michael Gallup, you see TD Lamb. You know, but for me, it's it's that familiarity with with the quarterback. You know, it's Dak to Cooper. We've seen it. You know, does does TD Lamb just keep on this meteoric rise, or do we see the sophomore slump that we see with so many second year players, especially at the wide receiver position? I don't know. I I think this this is Cooper's that, uh, for me I'm I'm high on Cooper for 2021. For redraft he's a guy I'm targeting for sure. But we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: So, uh on sleeper most recent redraft ADP for Amari Cooper. Let's see where is he going? Wide receiver 15. And redraft red all, day. 15 and red- all day. All day that is a
1: value smash
0: he's going behind terry mclaurin mike evans a rob julio keenan allen michael thomas ridley yeah jefferson and ajp so usual suspects but those that are right around him you're yeah mike evans terry julio uh, i i might still put A Rob or Keenan above him, or at least I can see why you might take one of those guys ahead of ahead of Cooper. But Keenan, I I love Keenan.
1: Maybe I love Keenan Allen. I love his quarterback, (laughs) Julio Jones. That's a tough one. no, yeah, no, (laughs) no, no. If I can get him at wide receiver fifteen in redraft, I am a happy, happy man.
0: 41 overall in single QB, 58 overall in Superflex. Damn. So you're gonna at the super flex?
1: I'm gonna be sending some trades out for Amari Cooper after this. I'm gonna be sending some trades out. I know in a few leagues he's unattainable because the owner's a Cowboys homer, but in other leagues I'm going to get get myself some some Murray any league that i'm I'm looking to to try and win this year or, or contend this year I'm going to get some amari Cooper and I will use I will use all of the Td lamb all of the stacked offense, all of the DAC injury I will use that to convince the owner to give me a discount and I'm going to get Amari Cooper. I, I can't believe he's, he's outside of the top 12 wide receivers in in redraft. Uh, yeah, according to sleeper ADP, that's crazy to that's, me.
0: That's where I expected to see him for dynasty, was kind of in that range that WR, that 15 w- you know, ish. Yeah. yeah,
1: that wide receiver two range for dynasty, just because, yeah. like you say, like how I mean, like I'm surprised he's
0: not 30 yet. He seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, no um, but and I know, but sleeper's probably not the best for redraft ADP. Um, I think the majority of us that are on there tend to be dynasty players, but mm. with that said. I do think dynasty players tend to be as dialed into players as much as anybody, so I do still find that. Yeah, that's actually a big surprise. Jeez. Yeah, for, for me,
1: that's when you. Yeah, that. Listen, guys, if, if wide receiver fifteen Amari Cooper staring at you in your redraft leagues, smash, smash! is yeah. on an offense. He's on an offense that throw the ball a ton. It's an offense that have got bad. The de- a team that have got a bad defense he's his quarterback's favorite weapon he's in it he's one of the best route runners in football has been since he stepped into the league and, well, at
0: that, and, at that price too at 15 even if you i'd say the risk of him hitting that level or busting well hitting the level at a minimum is almost granted if there's health Where and did he finish where did he, he it, finished last year eight uh, His total, or his final finish last year, I can tell you in just a second. Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. He finished 15 in terms of total points, so that's right where he was. And in terms of points per game, looks like he was down at 20 in points per game. I mean, but that's without Dak for three quarters of the season. So, so he finished so you're 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 buying him with Andy Dalton now. and Ben Denucci.
1: Yeah, you're buying him now at that at that at that wide receiver 15 ADP, which is where he was at last year with, as you say, yeah. Andy Dalton and Ben Denucci. With Dak Prescott, he was a top two wide receiver. I'm pretty sure he was, weeks.
0: yeah, wide receiver two during that opening four week stretch.
1: And and he's still being priced at his at his twenty twenty finish. Essentially he has four. Pri-
0: that's crazy to
1: me. That's, that just screams value. It just screams value. Like, yeah. if he finished as wide receiver 15 with Ben Benucci and Andy Dalton, there's no way he finishes lower than that with Dak Prescott. Yeah, so, I mean, so like you said, you're buying him at his absolute basement with a huge upside.
0: Smash,
1: smash yes. at wide receiver
0: 15. As, yeah, as far as redraft goes, he's one of the most screaming values at the position that I see.
1: Mm.
0: Absolute smash of 15. I guess people perhaps fading because of a couple of the other guys we're gonna discuss in CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, even the return of Blake Jarwin, if you're worried about him. To me, like we've already established, you know, Cooper is the alpha, he is the veteran, he is the guy that has the chemistry with the elite quarterback. So, it's really hard for me to fade him in an offense that's going to see this kind of volume, um, and especially passing volume. For, well, I mean, well, CD Lamb is a nice player, Gallup's a good player. It, it's just so hard to to resist, again, an alpha receiver on a high volume, high passing attack team with an elite quarterback. And that's proven. Yeah, it's, you have every it's, factor that you possibly need. It's crazy to me. It's, it's,
1: I, I just don't understand how he's. I, I don't. I don't understand how he's how he's wide receiver fifteen. But you know, if you're gonna give me that value, I'm gonna take it. You know, it, no, it I looks like don't.
0: he's going about the same in Dynasty Superflex. You know, he's he's fifty-eight Superflex redraft, fifty-nine overall Superflex Dynasty, so. That seems a little more appropriate in Dynasty. I, I think that's a fair price. I don't think you're yeah. getting great value or ripped off there.
1: No, yeah, Dynasty, you're paying you're paying the right price for a guy that's gonna, you know, might give you, you know, realistically, ceiling what two more elite seasons as a ceiling. I don't see that. I think we, we might get one more top year out of him out of him being this year, and then he's gonna slowly sort of fade off a little bit as CD Lamb becomes the wide receiver right. one in Dallas. But for for 2021, he's a smash. For Dynasty, it's, You know, it kind of depends on where you are as a team. Are you contending this year? Are you looking to get younger? Then then that sort of makes a decision for you whether you're buying or selling.
0: Agreed. And as far as startup goes, it just depends on, you know, if you have any league mates going for the productive struggle start and you know they're yeah. going to be out of it and you're, maybe you're collecting on some great veteran value later in the draft. Yeah, I agree.
1: Start-up yeah, start just depends on the how does the draft fall if you've got a few guys down productive struggle and you can pick up some of these more veteran guys that you know can give you a good two, three-year window. Attack. attacking Amari Cooper. Especially at that kind of price.
0: So moving on to some of Dak's other targets here. Uh, kind of roll CD and Gallop into one little discussion here, I think. Uh CD's been one of the more hyped young receivers over the last few years and justified a lot of it last year. Had a great season. Yeah. Stepped up again, despite the play of Andy Dalton and Bentonucci, much like Cooper did. Played well. They still produced. More importantly, you know, the fantasy production was there. And I've seen him treated in Dynasty as already a top ten Dynasty receiver. And as far as reject goes, well, since we looked up Cooper, I'm gonna Take a quick look here at our buddy and see where he's fallen. So, CD Lamb, WR24 in redraft. Oh, we've lost Billy. Well, then I'll keep this going. So, yeah, it looks like we've got CD Lamb going at wide receiver 24 in redraft. So, right at the back end of number two. This is a situation here where kind of how I feel about Cooper. Oh, and it looks like we've got him back. So let's bring Um, him back up. There you are, sir. No idea what happened there. Ah, no worries. See, I just looked up CD's redraft ADP, and he's going at wide receiver 24 for 2021. and Actually lower than I expected, and a spot where I'd still be pretty happy to take him. I'm not sure if he... Eh. No, I'd say I think he'll hit top 24. I'd say he has a very good chance at that, just based on volume alone that should come out of Dallas. Yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable him. taking him there and I'm then taking in there, although much much higher in dynasty. You got to spend a third round pick on him in dynasty, even you know, early second or early third round and single QB, late third round super flex seems appropriate, probably a little rich for my blood, especially in super flex there. But you're definitely going to be investing and must believe in him as a top 10 position when it comes to the dynasty perspective.
1: Yeah. I, I, I really like CD Lamb dynasty. I haven't got many shares of him just because I'm not prepared to pay that top end price. And, and there's always somebody that is, um, yep. which, you know, fair enough. Just I I, I'm not comfortable paying that, that top end price. You know, some people are taking him as a, as a top five wide receiver in dynasty startups. And,
0: yeah. I see him regularly um, in the top five. Yeah. That's- that's, i'm not paying that, no, that, that <laughs> i'm not that's paying a, that extremely rich for me
1: yeah i'm not paying that i think the wide receiver position is so deep um that's and they, you know, a
0: big factor
1: yeah they last a little bit longer or quite a bit longer than the running back so in terms of how long the the productive and, and fantasy producers for so i don't mind sort of punting it a little bit down and, and taking guys that are slightly older you know like Keenan allen and a. um uh, Probably not on Amari Cooper because he, he goes a little bit higher, but guys like that. Um, you know, last year my guy was, was Stefan Diggs, I was getting him in you know sixth round, seventh round of startups just because
0: you know. <laughs> unreal Max. to think about looking back. Yeah, I mean, uh, I certainly didn't see his 2020 coming, but sixth, seventh round, disrespectful for Diggs. 100%. Even the
1: talent, I mean, I think it was one of the first, might have been the second or third dial up the blitz episode that we ever did. And I was talking to my co-host Chucky and we were talking about Michael Thomas. And I just said, you know, okay, he's a fantasy stud, But if we're talking actual wide receiver ability, digs, digs is better than Michael Thomas by a mile. And the, 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 the hate I got for that one comment was ridiculous. Um, that's,
0: it doesn't take funny, much to trigger people when you're talking football.
1: Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Um, but funnily enough, I haven't heard anybody. No one's come to me and gone, oh, you might have been right. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But
0: they might yeah, need to the, pull di- some receipts on that episode. Yeah,
1: I think I think I'm going to start sending some messages and go, hey, you remember that. But look, but I mean, back to the point, I, I don't mind punting and waiting a little bit for wide receivers um, in, in fantasy football and dynasty football. I'll let these brave guys take these. You know, they see these guys, they have great rookie years or, or a good couple of years, and they want to draft them in the first and second round. I'm I'm not that guy. First and second round Jefferson
0: Jefferson is, is not your one-on-one.
1: No. For me, I, I'm a dynasty super flex player, full PPR. Even full PPR, the first and second round is quarterback and running back. Just That's just how I play fantasy football, and I can't be the guy that takes Justin Jefferson at 109. I just can't do it. I'm not that quiet.
0: No, I'm with fair, you. I, fair play if
1: you are, but not me. I'm
0: a huge, huge A.J. Brown guy, as you know. Love A.J. Brown, and I haven't been able to get him in a single startup since anything that started towards the end of last season, simply because mm. I'm not willing to invest a top two, usually even a top three pick in Dynasty into a wide receiver. Unless yeah. I'm intentionally going the productive struggle route, which yeah. I have employed, but I typically don't even when I go into a draft thinking I might because it's just inherent. I can't I can't go in planning to tank year one yeah. for the long-term growth. I mean, it is a good plan and can really pay off in, as a long-term strategy, but I just can't even for the one year handle knowing I have no shot. It just yeah. keeps me alive. I
1: can't, I can't
0: do it. I can't do it. I mean, I've always find myself doing everything I can,
1: trade up into the top two, and taking Josh Allen and ruining the rest of my draft. But you know, that's the that's the Buffalo home run,
0: I guess. Get your guy. That's it. Get your, get your guy. guy. Always get, your, get guy. your guy. More, and this is going to be a premise on this show. Long term, every episode, this is a game that is about fun. We play to have fun. We take it seriously. A lot of us are playing for money. Obviously, there there is more to it. But the primary function of playing fantasy football is simply to have a good time. Part of yeah. having a good time is being able to roster the guys that you enjoy rooting for. In some 100%. cases, even on your own team. So whatever it is that makes you enjoy the game more, do it. So if that means reach for your favorite player, fucking do it. Go get them. Yeah. 100%. And that's how I play it. You know, When you think about it, you think about your
1: five favorite players. I doubt, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I doubt many of them suck. If they're your favourite player, they're your favourite player for a reason, because they're good, because they they make, you know, great throws or they they make great catches or they break off 70-yard runs. Whatever it is, that's all fantasy production. Don't worry about the nitty-gritty of, am I getting value here? Does the value work out? What does the trade calculator say? what's his upside into? Just go and get your guy. Be able to watch football on Sunday and enjoy it and cheer your guys on. That's how I play fantasy football.
0: Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. You get so caught up in this little, you know, just trying to squeeze everything you can out of a deal sometimes or a negotiation or just not wanting to be taken advantage of by somebody else. But really, again, if you're getting the person you're going for. Is that what's really happening? I say no. Exactly. Exactly. As far as, yeah, so we've kind of veered off topic a bit here, and I think we're starting to run out of time a bit. So just a quick overview, recap here of what we discussed in Dallas. I think for both of us, Amari Cooper, absolute smash and redraft, maybe fading a little more in Dynasty. I think we both expect one, possibly two more elite-level seasons. Yeah. Um, uh, probably some serviceable seasons after that, depending on landing spot. You know, if he even sticks around with Dallas, um, yeah, they, they, you know they'll have a chance to get out of his contract following this year. Although I think they'll probably hang on to him for an extra year. Oh. So there's a, a lot of question marks there. So I think we're both a little hesitant with this long term outlook. CD both a little lower for redraft probably than consensus, but still happy to take him at that wr24 price. Yeah, I'll take him at a bottom end wide receiver 2 price all day. And dynasty-wise... I'd love yeah. him if
1: I could afford him. If I had, exactly, if I we, we him just won't price. pony up.
0: It's yeah, not necessarily it. exactly an unfair that. price, but it's outside of strategies that we employ. Exactly that, yeah. So that is really going to wrap it up. So we've got studs across the division. We've got Scary Terry, Stud, Devonte Smith, Slim Reaper. Stud. Grade A stud. Great A. From Billy first. <laughs> and then, of course, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb. And then you got a bunch of bums over in New York. So you can just <laughs> ignore them. So ultimately, the NFC East, though, is going to be a division that you're likely going to want to look to when you're putting together your your wide receiver strategy for both 2021 and even in a dynasty startup. Uh, got both guys that are going to be the hits for just this season and for this season and beyond, or only beyond. So pay very close attention, and in particular, if you are a Dynasty player, you absolutely do need to read Mr. Mustafa's article. I'm going to give you a quick little showing of it so you know exactly where to go, so that way you can take this in. Again, he is his writing is hosted by our friends over at Fantasy and Frames. They're... Not only with billy but they have a lot of very good writers a lot of very good content very good tools over at that site so please be sure to check them out and they're just good dudes um, i like to support sites that obviously do good work but are also just fun and enjoyable and integrity driven can yeah, actually great, communicate great bunch with of guys them.
1: great bunch of guys Really you are. Know? Yeah. Um, I appreciate them giving this uh, giving this English Ladder an opportunity to to write about your sport for you guys. So, yeah, I uh, really appreciate the guys at Fantasy and Frames.
0: Yeah, so, again, please be sure to go check it out. It is the four-eyed rookie snapshot of Devontae Smith. It is written by Billy Mustafa. It is hosted at fantasyandframes.com. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up for the evening. I want to thank you once again, Billy, for coming on. Gosh, we're pushing almost 4 a.m. for you over there. So this is just I know it kind of works out a little bit there, uh, you know, schedule wise. But still, this is definitely outside of what would be normal. And I really appreciate you showing the support, showing the love. So and to let everybody know, I do play in a couple of leagues with this guy. He is an absolute shark (laughs) I'm not going to get into the details because it's just too early on in my hosting career and I'm not ready to get roasted, but he is the man who's taken me for far and away the worst dynasty trade I've ever made. It's still going to work out. I'm going to win a championship this year as part of the result of that. But if you look at it one-to-one, it was the worst deal I've ever made. So he knows what he's doing. And he also understands that Trey Lance of my San Francisco 49ers is rookie QB1. And That's that right it. there just elevates him. So. <laughs> so if you have any uh final words, anything you want to plug, push, pitch, even just anything you want to throw in here, now's the time.
1: Well, like you said, uh, you can find me at Fantasy and Frames. Um, we've got a few apples over there. I've got one on Antonio Gibson, one on Chase Claypool, which is probably my favorite I've done. So if you enjoy the Devonta Smith one, go and find the rest of them and like, like you said, there's there's tons of articles, tons of guys over there. All the writing is great. Uh, Dial up the Blitz podcast, the co-host of podcast, little bit more effing and blinding, a little bit more British. Um, but you know, it's a great Yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's not as professional as this, but it's just two guys talking ball and having a laugh. Um, and I also, if you like, uh, if you like a bet on the NFL, uh, football betting advice. Um, is my website not much going on there at the moment but when it comes to the nfl season if you can bet in your state head over to the website come and see what we do and hopefully win win yourself some money
0: that's actually something i should have brought up i actually didn't realize billy was involved in the gambling side of things as much until the super bowl of this last season and he put together (laughs) a hell of a write-up on the super bowl itself california we still cannot bet legally so ah, I was unable to take advantage of your advice. That sucks. Still have to go to Vegas to do what I need to do. But I do know I would have won some money had I been able to use some of your advice.
1: So Yeah, we had a we had a good a good game. We we won some money during the Super Bowl. So yeah, it was good. Hopefully we uh, are that a, on into next season.
0: And it's a great read as far as you know, when it comes to gambling advice, betting picks, so much of it is there's a lot of blowhards out there, for lack like of a better word. Your, the the style of your article very succinctly explained the logic behind the picks, which is something I particularly enjoy. And not just, trust me, you know, <laughs> Team X at, you know, given four and a half points or whatever it may be. I mean, you yeah. really laid out the reasoning why it made exactly perfect sense. And that's something I really look for in my gambling content. So oh, I appreciate uh, it. You back it up again thank you so so much really appreciate you being here everybody please check him out dial up the blitz and fantasy and frames it is dynasty bill and with that we are going to close this episode and the fantasy boardroom is adjourned